and welcome to Funny Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. In these uncertain times, I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Now, you know, we we uh, are really paying attention to the whole COVID-19 crisis. Mm-hmm. And so I've asked Johnny here to be our sign language interpreter today. So uh, for, for all of our uh, listening impaired folks, we have Johnny here doing the sign language interpretation. That's on our fee-paying member site. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the little bubble down below. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, going into... I guess technically, let's see, if if March 14th was the last time, or March 13th was the last time I left the house publicly, you know, like socially, <laughs> um, let's see, that's one, two, we're going into our fourth full week of, uh, of pandemic. And, you know, I, I read, you know, people who post on social media like, oh, quarantine day four, quarantine day 17, like, you know, like, like they're just so bored and stir crazy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm I'm still I'm work. My job is busting my ass harder than ever. So yeah, I'm exactly. Still yeah. like like I'm like quarantine day, you know, whatever twenty something. And I'm like, I'm still in that mode of damn. It's nice to not have to go anywhere after work or this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> quarantine week three worked fifty five hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so logging on at seven, logging off after seven. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I say at least the three of us are in a uh, unique position of our companies are actively very busy while this is going on, supporting what's going on. So I do think that while a lot of yeah, well, a lot of people are doing less work from home. Well, we're working from home. All three of us are slammed. You know, and I don't work for the same company you guys do, but uh, you know, we're really busy right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely busy times. You know, I, I. you know how I've spent my week outside of work is watching Ozark season three, <laughs> and so uh, you know I finished that last night at like eleven thirty because it was like nine thirty, and I'm normally like a bed, go to bed around nine, read a little bit, fall asleep around ten ish type person, but it was nine thirty, and there were two episodes left, and Jen looks at me and she's like, "Don't make me go to bed." And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and she, <laughs> that's because that's for a whole different reason, Paul. She's, she's, oh yeah, yeah. Clearly. she's like, don't make me go to bed. You always make me go to bed around nine thirty. I'm like, or around nine. I'm like, because you're falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> and she's like, I'm awake now, and I'm go- I want to watch these two episodes. I'm like, but I'm tired. She's like, I'm gonna watch them without you. I'm like, oh. So, <laughs> so I was up till eleven thirty last night watching, finishing up Ozark season three. And now I'm like, well, shit. What's next? Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother with October Faction, even though that's based on a comic book. But it already. But they already said it's not gonna come back for season two. So I'm not gonna bother with that. I, I might try Lock and Key. Um, Lock and Key is really good. Yeah, I hear that one's good. And you know, I love the comic. I just haven't invested in the show. I might watch The Boys because I know that's coming back for season two. So a couple of options out there. So throughout the week this week, I, I have all of these uh, CW shows recorded of the DC stuff. I'm not watching any of those because I don't want to watch any of those. Uh, instead, I found uh, Lego Build Masters on Hulu. I watched some of that. Uh, I rewatched all of Umbrella Academy. Oh, I forgot uh, about that show. I finished watching Doom Patrol. I you know, did another uh, marathon session to get the last disc in. And then... Uh, as a final sign of the apocalypse coming, I subscribed to DC Universe. 
that's crazy talk. Oh shit, Wayne. <laughs> so I was looking at it, it's like I loved absolutely loved Doom Patrol. It was incredible. Wasn't I it great? Really, it loved, was. Are, are you pissed that you paid for it before you subscribed to DC Universe since it's all there? Oh, it's worse than that. I got it for Christmas and didn't realize it and was really disappointed that I didn't get it for Christmas. So I went out and <laughs> bought it. So I'm going to put disc three in and I look there next to the uh, the PlayStation and I pick up the box and it's sealed. That is hysterical. It's like, what the hell? What kind of voodoo magic is going on? And then I look over by my uh, my chair and there's the open copy of it. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so, no, I bought it twice. You no, bought you it... bought it three times. <laughs> yeah, 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 three times. <laughs> so, what finally did it did me in to get it, I'd been thinking about it for a little bit, because I got a new TV last year that actually can do the app. You know, it's a Roku TV, so I have uh, the opportunity now to browse straight to my TV. And I really wanted to see Young Justice. I... Uh, I'd like to see Stargirl early, even if it's only by a week early. And so I've been thinking about kind of that. I know that when Doom Patrol Season 2 comes out, I want to watch that. So there were a few things streaming. But what pushed me over the edge was I had been looking at this strictly as a, you know, streaming video content. And I found out that they have, because I asked Paul about it, they have guided view for the comics. And they had a lot of because you can browse through and see what comics are on there before you subscribe. So they now, have in, a, all, in all fairness, yeah. Paul didn't know that there was guided yeah, view. Yeah, to be fair, I, I, and, I actually got <laughs> to look it up. Wayne when Wayne asked the question, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, huh, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, guided <laughs> view is a trigger for me. So I'm gonna need you to knock it off. <laughs> guided view is why I prefer digital because I won't read a PDF. Also a trigger word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at the, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at all the books. And it's like I really want to read Stars and Stripes before the before Stargirl comes out. And it's like, oh hey, look, there's most of the series on there already. You know, and there's all of these books that I haven't bought on Comixology. And I started looking at it, I said, this is a comic subscription service as well, because they have put on such a big catalog full of comics. And the guided view is just as good as Comixology's guided view. I wonder if they're using Comixology's guided view. I wonder if they licensed it. It's possible because it definitely yeah. seems very similar. Because the the book I tested it on was um, the Detective Comics One Thousand. That was like yeah. the big like feature book. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I was looking at it, and you know, there's of course guided view is essentially panel to panel, except when there's a two page spread. And that right. was the real test. And yeah, it's it's straight yep. up guided view. And I thought, well, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, because some of the other apps have just had panel to panel, and it's not as good. Right. It's still better than a PDF, but it's not as good. So that's what pushed me over the, the line there. It's like, okay, we have streaming content I really want to see. Plus, I have the whole access to this catalog of comics when new comics aren't coming out right now mm-hmm. for $7.99 a month. And it finally, I subscribed. Well, and Wayne, on top of everything you just mentioned, there's also the Harley Quinn show that's supposedly really good. I haven't seen it, but people rave about it. There the is... clips and previews of that look horrible. <laughs> but people love it. There's also two seasons of Titans, third season on the yep. way, with Barbara Gordon in the third season. Yep. They also have a, a, um, a live-action role-play. Um, not, let me clarify. It's not a LARP. <laughs> 
There <laughs> is, um, like, if for anyone who listens to our um, our actual plays, they have an actual play show uh, featuring Freddie Prince Jr. and Sam Witwer and a couple of other celebrities playing the classic DC Universe game from the '80s. Um, and I watched. I thought it would be stupid. I'm like, am I really gonna watch people? Like, listening to it is one thing, but am I really gonna watch people? And I really enjoy it, actually. Um, I think it's pretty well done. They, 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 they do they do some, you know, they add in some art. They show the cards. They show the character sheets and things like that um, visually. So I, I thought it was actually really well done. And they have da- daily DC news with um, interviews. Uh, like the most recent one has uh, Death Metal with Scott Snyder. Um, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I would like to watch it. See, I'm going to give their actual play a chance because almost strictly because it's the old DC system. I've run that system. I know that system. It's not like it's something that, you know, they're not picking some modern system that, uh, you know, has just, they're just trying to sell issues of. They're playing a system that's been around for a long time that they're not going to make any money off of. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's kind of an interesting choice. It's kind of a silly choice, you would think. You know, like, at least make a downloadable PDF from the DC Universe app or something. Like, you can't buy that shit unless you're on eBay. Um so I, I think that well, it was and, an interesting choice, right? If they're doing if they're doing the uh, DC Heroes game, which is the one I think you're, you're referring to, yes, that's sorry, actually yeah. available free online. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the one yeah, they yeah, are I doing mean, the yeah. DC Heroes game. Yeah, and so I, I love I, that system. It's the it's the we call it's called Blood of Heroes now without the the DC skin on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I love that system. Yeah, I have a couple books of it, and I said I've run it, so yeah. I'm familiar with the system. But I did actually watch a few streaming things last night, too. You know, I just subscribed yesterday, and I've already... I watched the Suicide Squad cartoon that I hadn't seen. It was uh, Hell to Pay that's based off of the... I think it's the first story arc of uh, the Secret Six, the original Secret... Well, I don't want to say the original, but the Secret Six, except they took Catman out and they made Suicide Squad into the story. You know, I don't know that I've seen that one. Yeah, it's about the uh, the card that is a get-out-of-hell-free card. No, I, I guess I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. And it was, so I went ahead and watched that, really enjoyed it. And then I watched the uh, Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Yeah. You know, I'd like to point out, Paul, that in one day, Wayne has, has squeezed more value <laughs> out of his DC Universe subscription than you have in the last year. True, true. I'm hey, just saying. Aaron, I did watch a season and a half of Titans. Just put that out there. <laughs> you haven't even finished the second season <laughs> no. of Titans. And I saw season one of Swamp Thing and, and half a season one of Doom Patrol. Uh, um, yeah, I, I did that. Wow, you need to finish Doom Patrol. I know. I had I didn't start Titans and I didn't start Young Justice. I, I'm going to do Young Justice first probably because I really am looking forward to it. I love the cartoon. Uh, but I didn't start it because I knew that if I started Young Justice, I wouldn't be sleeping t- last night. I would have <laughs> started marathoning it all, and then this morning I wouldn't be able to talk because I'd be falling asleep. They have some decent documentaries on there for anyone. Who, I mean, there some of them are older. All of them are older because there hasn't been a decent comic documentary in a while. But for anyone who missed out on Secret Origin, the story of DC Comics, they have that on there. They have the unreleased Aquaman TV pilot featuring oh, Justin Hartley from... Uh, yeah. Uh, what's its fate? This is us. Yeah, so, yeah. This might be weird, but I got excited to see the Birds of Prey TV show on there. That is, weird. I love that show. Yeah, my wife was a huge fan of that show. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, Tim gave me that on DVD. Oh, look at that! 
Yeah. And for anyone who slept on it, um, the Batman is on there. And yeah. I gotta say, the first season, so you know, it's still finding its footing. Once season two of the Batman hits, that was the um, the show that replaced Batman the, the animated series. It that show just really sings. Um, once they introduce Robin and then Batgirl and then the Justice League, that show is really good. Especially they did a, an animated movie that sounds stupid, but it's called the Batman versus Dracula. It was really good. It was I watched really it. good. Um, but yeah. wait, you said you saw the Wonder Woman Bloodlines. I did. I was. It was not one that I had uh, originally wasn't even on my radar but you were talking about watching it for the show this week and since i had dc universe like i'm gonna throw that on well the reason i wanted to watch it was um i didn't realize and i guess i should have i didn't realize it was in that new 52 animated universe and so they said the most recent one you know because upcoming we talked about the new justice league dark um the apocalypse war that's going to conclude that animated movie universe they said the last one in that, it started with Flashpoint Paradox. It's going to end with Justice League, um, the Apocalypse War. And the most recent film was Wonder Woman Bloodlines. I'm like, yeah. well, I never saw that one. So let me give it a shot. And so well, the, and I, yeah. I will also say the uh, Suicide Squad movie, the Hell to Pay one, direct sequel to Flashpoint. Oh, really? So I guess I got to watch that. Episode. Oh, yeah. It is, there is a huge tie-in. Okay. I guess I need to watch that, too. Um, all right. So Wonder Woman Bloodlines, a couple of us saw it. Uh, I, I guess I'll kick us off. I was about to say, instead, Paul, you know who we haven't heard from in a long time, and this never happens? We haven't heard from Aaron. That's true. Aaron, you want to kick us off? I, uh, I hated this movie. I, I, there is so much I disliked about this, this film, uh, not the least of which is the voice acting. And there's a lot of people here that I like. Uh, I love Rosario Dawson, who plays Wonder Woman. I love Jeffrey Donovan, uh, who uh, folks will remember him as Michael Weston from Burn Notice. Mm -hmm. He plays Steve Trevor. I, I, I love both of those actors. Uh, I, they they were not used to great effect. And I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that you're hiring actors to do voice acting and i really think voice acting is a skill very different from stage acting um they you got neo vardalis in there, there who plays uh, dr poison uh you've got a lot of just you know, really great actors i think the only voice actor in the in the in the 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 show that really performs is the one who gets just a tiny bit of, of screen time and that's michael dorn as ferdinand the minotaur that's I mean, who did i was gonna make a comment that my favorite voice actor was whoever did the minotaur yeah I, he was he was the best but you know at no point d does rosario dawson seem commanding as wonder woman she just seems like she's reading lines. Same thing with Steve Trevor. You know, uh, Jeffrey Donovan is Steve Trevor. I just, the voice acting was just so middle of the road, just bland. Uh, and add to that, with the exception of a few scenes, most of the animation is for crap. Uh, so in fact, I gotta the say, I will, for me, uh, the action sequences I thought were extremely well animated. Like the know, fight sequences. I, I thought that the that the final fight sequence at the end of the movie where uh, Wonder Woman is fighting uh, Medusa mm -hmm. uh, or the Gorgon, um, I thought that that was well done. But so much of the fights with like Silver Swan and whatnot earlier in the, in the show was just knocking Diana into a wall or knocking the bad guy into a wall. Oh, fair. And I liked the fight with Gigantic, though. 
and them sticking to the wall like they're fucking Spider-Man. I just, I I got so irritated with that. There was really no nuance. And here's the problem is that I just finished watching Red Sun, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. And that movie is so well done. And then you compare this to that and they are not in the same league. In fact, the only animation that really sung to me in this entire thing was the end credits. And I was like, you know, it seems like we've got two different teams working the animation in this. You had the feature film animators and then you had the end credit animators and they probably should have been flipped because the the end credits were very stylized. And I was like, wow, these are just great images. Why the hell couldn't they have done some of that in the main body of the film? I really disliked it. I also disliked the retelling of Wonder Woman's origin again. Um, I didn't, I really really disliked, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I I really disliked one retelling it again, but not, not just that. I really disliked the way they told it. Um, One, it wasn't necessary. We've we've known the origin a thousand times when they showed the origin again. I'm like, really? And then it was over like within five minutes. Well, um, but did you notice that it's an 18 minute cold open, Paul? I know. I was. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing. Like the you know the opening um, title card shows up, and I'm like, the fuck? I'm like 20 minutes into this movie already. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I look down at the counter. I'm like, 18 minutes. <laughs> and I gotta say, you know, that was one of my biggest issue with with the film was the pacing, um, because that first 18 minutes. It really should have been interspersed as flashbacks throughout the movie instead of told chronologically because the way they told it, you know, Steve Trevor, you know, it, it, it takes place five years ago, which is when the start of the DC animated universe happened, you know, with the, the um, Dark Side uh, Justice League war, you know, Dark Side storming um, whatever Metropolis or Gotham or whatever right. city, uh, the world. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, Steve Trevor crash lands on Themyscira and go and Diana goes back with him. And, you know, it's urgent, 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 urgent. But they cut straight to Diana basically living with a family. And I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, yeah. It was yeah, so yeah. urgent for him to get it, back. But she basically just goes and stays with a family right now. And I, uh-huh. I, I know they just skipped that. But they didn't really clarify, like, after the Justice League War or whatever. You know, to really yeah, kind of I mean, help it's me not understand. Like it's, <laughs> like if it were a comic, there would have been a little asterisk that said, see Justice League War to see what happened. Yeah. Because... I didn't realize the previous Wonder Woman cartoon was before the new 52 animated universe. The previous right. one so, was fantastic. The one with Nathan yeah. Fillion as Steve Trevor. Yeah. That one was really yeah. good. I expected this to be a sequel to that. And then when it immediately starts with an origin story, I realized, oh, that's not the case. And like you were saying, the origin story, we didn't need to see it again because we know the origin story. And they even covered, I think... Some of it in Justice League War. It's been a while since I've seen that. So maybe they didn't. But, you know, it's something we don't really need to see again. I thought there were parts of it that they did well trying to shrink it. But then we go to her living directly with the family without any real explanation of how does the world know that she's, you know, a princess. You know, someone gets off a boat and says, I'm a princess. There's no reason for anyone to believe that. And then she's living (laughs) with this family and then. Yeah, well, they're... it was just so weird that they had her rooming in with somebody. Yeah. I, I, I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, because that's not how the characters meet in the comics. You know, they they, they meet because, if I recall correctly, Wonder Woman uh, needs to consult with somebody on uh, arcane history. And that's how she meets Julia Capitalis. 
And I, this is just so weird. Hey, you know, we've got a foreign exchange Amazon warrior here that we need to room in with you. That was just really weird. Yeah. yeah. And she was all, you know, oh, well, whatever you decide, then that's the right path to take. Yeah. And I thought yeah, that was such a corny speech. Well, and the the writing uh, for Julia Capitalis was terrible because, like, one of the one of the things she says is, "Oh God, I got to check the expiration date on the potpourri." <laughs> Do you like potpourri? And I'm like, "What the fuck?" I mean, just stupid writing. Yeah, the, the first twenty minutes of this film are absolutely terrible. Now, excruciating. I would, excruciating. I, I would say call them excruciating and unnecessary. They could have dwindled yeah. that down into very short flashbacks throughout the rest of the film. Now that being said, I I wouldn't say it's a good film um, at all. But the first, but without that first twenty minutes, I feel like it would have been better. I feel like it got better after the title card that happens twenty minutes into the film. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still not great. Uh, you know, it's still you know everything. I, I do mirror everything you said, uh, and you know, I'm not a fan of any of these. Uh, New 52 voice actors. You know, Jerry O'Connell is Superman. The Batman, the guy they got to play Batman isn't bad. Um, he, he's grown on me, and I think maybe it's just because of repetition. Uh, but the rest of them I, I haven't really been a fan of. No. Oh, and, you know, the, the, the they're not drawing the actors out. I mean, like, at no point did you ever feel any passion from Rosario Dawson's performance. And Wonder Woman is such a passionate character. Um, and, and in fact, it felt so weird and just out of nowhere where essentially Wonder Woman offers Steve Trevor sex, you know, the, the whole, uh, you know, well, you never flew with me before we're flying right now, you know, and then they cut away. Um, I, there was no passion in that. It was just a very flat line reading. I, I just, I, I, I really disliked this. I'm so there- glad I rented it instead of bought it. There were multiple things on it that gave me like pause. Oz is like, did they really just do that on an animated cartoon? I should have been oh. used to it by now because I saw it with some of the Suicide Squad stuff. But it's like, oh, there's someone completely naked crawling into a machine. That was like shocking to me. Like that the the, yeah. the, the the character, and I don't recall her name. Uh, and then, it's Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah. I was like, Vanessa whoa. Capitalis, the Silver Swan. The Silver Swan. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, huh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, I found that unnecessary. Like, Steve Trevor drops a shit, you know, yeah. in, in one of the scenes. And, you know, with the exception of of some of the more mature themes, you know, like, and nothing is really overt, but, I mean, they drop some stuff in there that I'm like, you didn't need that. You know, I, I think that, that the threshold should be, if it's necessary to the character, if it's necessary for the story, you leave it in. But if it's unnecessary, cut that shit out. Well, Aaron, everybody poops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Not I, Diana. <laughs> yeah, I would also say, like, there are some DC you know, animated movies that it kind of makes sense to throw some of that type stuff in because they're not meant for kids. The Suicide Squad, Constantine, things like that. Wonder Woman should be accessible for kids. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It, and and there's otherwise there's nothing in this show that would be inappropriate for, you know, children over the age of six. Right. I mean, there's nothing too horrific in it. You know, yeah, the, the Gorgon's a little scary looking, but, you know, it's a cartoon. I, I just don't think that kids are going to have nightmares about that. Uh, I I really I just I felt like it was uh, it was just excessive and not well done. You know, and that drove it, me crazy. too. It's, it's moments like this that I come to this show. <laughs> where, where 
I didn't, I, I can't participate. And then you start talking about it. I'm like, I'm really glad I can't participate. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good stuff out there that Wonder Woman Bloodlines is just not one of them. Um, so I, I give it a thumbs down. It sounds like Aaron does. Wayne, did any redeeming qualities for you? Uh, there are some. There were a few scenes that I enjoyed, but I give it a big thumbs down as well. Yeah, especially because I watched Suicide Squad held to pay right before it, and it has some issues too. But it was way better than this. Yeah. If you're looking for something to watch on your DC universe, they have Justice League: The New Frontier, Crisis on Two Earths, Doom, Gods and Monsters, um, Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, what else is on there? Um, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Gotham by Gaslight. Those are all better than this. Um, and I would recommend watching one of those. Plus, that you've got and the I original have... Batman animated series. Yeah. And They've I got New s- Frontier on there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back to what, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Red Sun is fucking amazing. It is. It's I just not on the DC recommend. Universe app. That's, yet. that's God right. damn it. I will watch it as soon as it's on there, though. God, it's so good. It's so good. In fact, I'm probably going to rewatch it again today. You know, Paul, you were asking, you know, what we're what we've been watching while we're in quarantine. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I last night watched Bloodlines and cussed you the whole time I, I watched it. You know, the <laughs> Wonder Woman Bloodlines thing because it was Paul's big idea to watch that piece of crap. Uh, but I, I I I rinsed my mouth with uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker last night. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, boy, you know, I, I, I liked that in the theater, liked it even more at home. It was yeah. uh, it was great. But I also, you know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, sheltering in place has really led to a sharp increase in my alcohol consumption. Oh, my God, so much. <laughs> you, know, you know, before six o'clock last night, I was three margaritas into Friday. Uh, and after the fourth margarita, I flipped over to scotch. By the time I went to bed, I was Hammered. Hammered. <laughs> you could say that I've doubled or quadrupled my intake because, you know, two times zero is still zero. And <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, Aaron, did you watch that on uh, Blu-ray or on uh, Disney Plus? Uh, neither. I uh, watched Rise of Skywalker on digital streaming. I uh, I, I bought it digitally. I don't need people touching my discs. <laughs> well, because they've already released it out on uh, Disney Plus. And that was the other thing I've been watching this week is uh, I had a real I have no idea what kicked up the nostalgia for it, but I've been watching the 90s X-Men cartoon on Disney Plus. That's that's a good that's a good option. Hey, Aaron, I have a question for you. I feel like you should do the theme song to the X-Men 90s cartoon with Aaron. It's running in my head. (laughs) So, Aaron, you have Amazon Prime, right? I do. Have you ever seen the Batman versus Dracula? I have not. I, you know, I had it on disc. I, I bought a used disc back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, the disc never worked in my DVD player. You know, it's because you know I bought it secondhand. But uh, so, is it on Prime? So it is on Prime. So um, for Amazon Prime, uh, so I'm assuming it's Amazon. I'm signed in, and I'm a Prime. It may just be for everyone. You can rent Batman versus Dracula for free right now, or buy the movie in HD for four bucks. Huh. So I'll check that uh, out. I, I will watch that tonight. Yeah, so we'll watch that for next week's show. There you go. There you go. Oh, that has Peter Stormare as Dracula. Very exciting. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that it actually exciting. reminded me in a few moments, uh, when I remember when watching it, of uh, Black Batman, uh, was it Blood Rain? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch it too, Aaron. 
Yeah, it definitely oh. took some uh, inspiration from that storyline. Do you, any of you guys get the? Uh, I, I don't know if it's Tubby or Tubi, T-U-B-I app. I've heard of it, but I've never used it. No. It's, it's on my DVR. The app is, is preloaded on my DVR, and it, it's free, apparently. Um, and so I was I was flipping around to see what shows they had there, and I thought of you, Paul, because they had that uh, Blade television series with Sticky Fingers. Oh, that was a good show, written by yeah, Jeff that, Johns. They got the whole schmear. They got oh, the whole schmear there. That's a good show. Like, yeah. But it, so I was really surprised when I got when I was looking through DC Universe. For some reason, I got it in my head. I wanted to watch the Booster Gold episode of Smallville, and it's not on DC Universe. Hulu has it. And I'm sure people over at Marvel just have the smile on their face that <laughs> they have the rights to all of Smallville. And, all 10 uh, seasons of Smallville. Yeah, all 10 seasons of DC and Universe doesn't have it. I'm sure that's gold. a contract thing. Oh, I'm sure it is. So uh, speaking of Hulu, that's that's basically what I've, what I've been uh, watching in uh, this. What Look at these same four walls. Um <laughs> I uh, uh, I I've I've only finished one like relevant uh, comic book show, and that was I just finished season three of Runaways. Is that uh, any good? I've never seen an episode. It's it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll give I'll give it. It's, it's okay. It does it get it, better after season one? Because um, I watched season one of it, and I didn't come back for the other seasons. Uh, I liked season two, but like there's only so much, I feel like there's only so much premise you can do if you're going to keep the same, like 10 people involved. Was season three, the season that had the crossover with, uh, cloak and dagger. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. How was that? Because I Uh, really enjoy the cloak and dagger TV show. Meh. Uh, (laughs) more importantly, it's season three is basically Elizabeth Hurley with like full cleavage the entire season. So I'm like, I'm, I'm totally so you're down. down. You're down for that. Yeah, right? well, I, Hulu. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> just... I just canceled my Hulu subscription. Is, is season three new watcher friendly? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, just watch it with the, with the volume down, Paul. That's all yeah. you got to do. Yeah, well, you can do that. That's, that's <laughs> okay. you'll get, you'll get the important stuff. So, um, you know, we're talking yeah. about all this stuff because we last time we talked, um, we weren't sure what Marvel and DC were doing as far as distribution. They hadn't yet announced what they were doing as far as comic distribution. And uh, it's been kind of a cluster of a week uh, on that topic. Yeah. Um, you know, they, apparently there was an alternate plan through a different distributor, and that seems to have fallen through. Yes, because it was never actually a plan and nobody was on board with it. And there was just a lot of shoddy writing from the various comic news sources that you didn't see from Ideology of Madness because we wouldn't report something as fact without actually checking with any of the companies involved. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the the original plan was that this uh, other digital comic site, you'd pay for the comic, right? You'd get your digital copy, and then when comic shops open back up, you'd get your physical copy from that comic shop. And what the site is, it's uh, so Comic Hub is actually a site that's designed for retail shops. It's where a lot of the retail shops out there are doing their pull list for. You can go ahead, go out there ahead of time, pick your pull list, buy your comics, and then go pick them up at the store. They were going to, well, 
they weren't even involved in this. Some of the store owners came up with the idea of let's do that and then give the like a PDF version of the comic out for free with it. And they came up with this whole idea, but they hadn't actually gotten the site on board or any of the publishers. Well, and there's a, there's a lot of downstream problems with that, yeah. right? So, you know, you, you have bought all of your uh, comics digitally, and now, you know, the world has returned to, to, to normal, and you go to your comic shop. What happens to those, to those uh, books where the comic shop doesn't reopen? Yeah. Uh, who who staffs that to produce weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe months of uh, back print comics, while at the same time, the comic shops are trying to handle New Day business. Yeah. And you they know. were very clear on this, that you're not buying the digital, you're buying the physical, and right. we're throwing the digital in so you can read it now until we get it. And it, the, it was someone trying to come up with something. There yeah. were a lot of holes in it. It needed some work to be actually viable. But it was someone coming up and having an idea that a lot of comic shops fought back against because they don't want to give anyone digital for any reason. Right. The retailers do not want their customers getting comfortable with digital comics. You know, uh, you, you don't want folks to to essentially arrive at the conclusion that three or four of us have uh, have decided that, you know, digital is preferable to print, uh, you know, in this day and age. Um, you don't want your customers to arrive at that decision. And I get that. Um, you know, you you want to you want to keep your customers loyal to to your delivery method. But uh, so this was not going to work for uh, retailers to sign off on. And, you know, publishers decided not to go with it either. Yeah, the publishers are working on things. DC and Marvel have both said they're working on something. And it seems like part of that is going to be alternate distribution methods, you know, basically companies other than Diamond. But the details aren't out there yet, and they didn't have anything for this week. And released, because they had nothing physical for this week, no physical or no digital came out from any of the major companies except for DC having, you know, a book that was already going to be digital first. Right. And, you know, I, I think the, the big challenge here uh, is how what percentage of your customers are going to be around when all of this is over? You know, what happens when your customers get used to not having new comics every week. Yeah. You know, part of the part of the the business model for retail comics is destination shopping. You know, you've got you've got folks who Wednesday is their day and they you know they they go by the comic book shop on the way home from work and they get their new books. And that that is a big damn deal when you walk home with your with your big bag of new books. What happens when you've broken that habit? You know, I, I am a a uh, TiVo customer from back when they first debuted, and TiVo has a model where when you call them and say, "Hey, my DVR busted," you know, it stopped working today. Your brand new TiVo arrives on your doorstep the next day. You don't pay for that shipping. <laughs> they make sure you you go as as little time as possible without DVR service because they know that you could, you know, go, huh, maybe I don't need the, the TiVo DVR after all. They yeah. make sure that you are not without. And so they do, they, they move heaven and earth to get you into that. 
And that's really what the comic book industry should be looking at right now, because, you know, new comics is a big damn deal in our culture, you know, in the in, in our, 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 our geek culture. What happens when, you know, so many folks go, you know, what? I didn't miss it as much as I thought I would. I don't yeah. need to get back into this hobby. I look back at when I made my switch to digital. I had picked up a few books digital here and there because they sold out on the shelves and I couldn't get them. Mm-hmm. But when I actually moved over, it was because the owner of my comic shop died. And the conversations that we were having there, you know, at his, there was a wake that was held kind of at his house, not the actual funeral. It was for all the customers came and there were, you know, basically throughout the night, there were hundreds of people that were coming and going. And a lot of the conversations were, well, with the shop shutting down, I don't want to find a new shop. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of them out there, but I don't want to go through the hassle. And so the general feel from the uh, the crowds were either there were people that said, OK, I'm done collecting at this point. Mm-hmm. And then there were people that went digital like I did. And, you know, of course, there were people that went to other shops as well. But it was that habit had been broken. And yep. the moment that habit was broken, other options came on the table. And that's what we're seeing right now, except because the stores are pushing back and not letting them release the digital digital isn't an option for people to go to there is no option the habit is just broken and the readers that were already digital are now getting their habit broken this is dangerous for the industry aaron i'm gonna need you to pass me the margarita mix this is the point where i need it right here (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll pass pass over the half gallon jug here you go let me get my ring on Um, all right it's Rage Red Tim, everybody. Ragey Red I, Tim. You know, I I was I was just going through my normal routine now in my new prison, and uh, <laughs> summoned out of the ether was a comment from Wayne that says retailers are pissing me off, and I'm like, well, what is going on? And then I read back to what he said. Um, let's 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 talk to the the parts that I agree with, like Diamond being the one distributor. That's that's like a historical artifact that needs to not be. Yeah, right? and that that's nothing to do with the retailers. That right. was that's purely a problem with the publishers signing exclusive contracts with Diamond. It's a right. supply chain issue. It is a supply chain issue. I, I I agree, and I think Aaron was right uh, when we were talking about this before when he said, you know, these big box re- retailers they don't have that. Yeah. That's that's not their or th- these these big stores they don't have that issue. Yeah, because they Best don't. Buy, yeah, Best Buy knows how to get their their stuff. Walmart knows how to get their stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, but like, here's here's my problem. I, I I the fact that the people that buy digitally aren't being able to get their comics because of other people's buying choices that does suck. I I, I get that part, but like you know, it, it's like these these retailers, these comic book shop owners they're like let's take out the one percent they're not making a whole ton of money anyways they 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 started that store because they love they love comic books and it's really hard for me to to hear things like well just get out of the way and just you know go under so that people can still enjoy comic books which is what you love it's It'd not be like get out of the way and go under, but it is get out of the way. They have actively been preventing digital from going, and it's dumb because the digital is not where they're losing their business. If you look at the actual numbers that are coming out, 
they're losing their business to Amazon because people are buying trades and they're not buying them at comic shops. Well, and the point that I would make is that the comics business is not a welfare program for retailers. Retailers should be there to provide value to the market. The problem is, is that most comic shops today are built on a model from the 1980s. They're yeah. not built on a 21st century marketplace. And I, you know, I love comic shops. I don't buy my books there, but I do love comic shops. I like to visit them. I like to see what's going on there. You can have a conversation in the comic book shop that that's hard to have anywhere else. But, you know, for me, digital is a convenience. Uh, in a lot of ways, I, I don't have to go to a comic, but I don't have to, to, to leave my home to go get it. I don't have to make a special trip on my way home from work. Uh, so it time, it's a time saver, but it's also, I I'm, I'm a person who's decided that I don't have the space to commit to print books anymore. So that is also a value to me as well. I, I am discovering the value of a digital archive. Um, and I like the reading experience better on digital with guided view but tim you hit on part of the problem part of the problem is these like you said these weren't businessmen these were comic fans that wanted to run a comic business some of them are really good businessmen and there are some shops out there i will absolutely praise and there are shops that are trying to come up with solutions and there are shops that really do embrace even the digital because in the beginning comiXology would even point to oh you like this story here's where you can find your physical local comic book shop yeah and yep. those are people that are forward thinking that are supporting all of this a lot of these people though that run shops they're not business people they make bad business choices they don't know how to market themselves they don't realize that Digital is not their enemy, but Amazon is. Amazon is what's running them out of business. And they're not making smart business choices. This that happened is devastating for any small business, though. And them not being able to get a new product is absolutely going to kill them. But they've been actively standing in the way and keeping digital you know, limited by the physical for years before any of this happened. Right. So there's already some annoyance with them there. But when this comes out and people come up with ideas for how they can get money coming in and then give money forward that will then go back to the publishers, keep books coming out, and then also allow us to release the comics that already exist that they're just not releasing to digital and keep that revenue stream going. But these shop owners, and not all of them, some of them came up with the idea and some of them are supportive, but a lot of them came out and said, you know, I will not support any idea that involves digital in any way. Those are the guys that, yeah, they piss me off because they're killing their business. They're killing the digital business and they're killing the industry because the industry might not survive three months of nothing new coming out. Well, and I, it will be their fault ahead. almost as much as the virus. Ahead, That's Paul. my red ragey ring. So I, I, I'm actually going to say something weird. Because I I was the first person on the podcast, I think, to go fully digital. Um, I agree with Tim mostly. Um, uh, And the reason I say that, you know, taken a different way, right? Applied to other businesses. You know, we see right now this weird, like, influx of 
support your local restaurants, support your local breweries. Like yesterday, I did curbside pickup at a couple different breweries to support them because they're going the extra effort of, of you know, producing their product, going out there, selling it. And I'd rather support them than go to Food Lion and buy Bud Light or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and I know that's a weird metaphor, but, you know, the, the difference with a brewery, is, you know, is that they can make their own product, whereas comic shops can't. They, you know, they, can, they can't sit in the back and fold up a sheet of paper in half and draw some comics for me. You know, they, they are reliant on someone else to supply their product, e even if they are willing to stand out on the curb and throw them in my trunk with a contactless delivery like a brewery does. Um, you know, they are local business, and I am all for supporting supporting a local business before i would you know I, I would i will go to a local brewery a hundred times before i'll go buy you know a big box chain beer um and you know that's because i'm an alcoholic uh, i'll just buy them <laughs> both but you know like in in general like i i get the the idea of supporting local business um where where, where my frustration lies uh, you know, and and I'm, I'm and, and I say that as someone who hasn't been supporting my local comic shop um, because of their antiquated business practices, because of their high prices. And I understand those guys are, are local guys; they're doing the best they can. It's like going to your local bookstore versus going to Amazon, right? Like it's the same basic yeah. premise. It's thirty percent cheaper on Amazon. Why am I throwing my money out the window? Um, well, even more than that, they're selling a product I don't want anymore. Yeah. Exactly. They're selling a product I don't want anymore. So I think that's where, you know, the discrepancy lies for me. What I will say is um, I like the all comic all comic companies, Marvel, DC. Um, I, I don't know about IDW uh, or Image, but I know Marvel and DC both offer digital comic sales through their their official websites. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And that do connect to Comixology. Uh, now, what TKO has done, and it's a small company, TKO Presents, but what they've done is buy your comics digitally through us. We will give the same amount to your local comic shop as we would have if they were, you know, if they were selling our product there. They would make the same amount. Now, I feel like that is a win-win option um, for the comic shop. You uh, in, in that you buy your comic digitally, you, you're not this promise of a you're, you're not getting a promise of a print comic later so unfortunately the print industry still hurts but you're, you're just getting the digital copy but your comic shop is making the same amount of money as they would um probably even more so because they don't have to pay for shipping uh for the comics that, that that they would and i feel like if marvel and dc did a similar practice saying okay it sucks it's gonna hurt our print customers so we might have to figure out some way to help our print industry but buy your comics directly from us click your comic shop at you know in your purchase your local comic shop in your purchase and they will get 50 percent of the purchase price um to support them so the comic shops are still making the benefit they don't have this garbage because anyone who buys a like aaron said if i buy a comic digitally with the promise of a, a print copy in two months when this when this stuff hopefully dies down i don't want that print copy that's just wasted paper so don't mm -hmm. don't even promise that you know say just buy the comics digitally We'll give the money to the comic companies. We will do a limited print run for those who really just want to wait, um, you know, when this quiets down. Uh, but other than that, I think that's a win-win situation for the creators. Because right now what we're seeing is um, IDW has told their creators to stop. Marvel has told a number of their creators to just, just stop. You know, there was a hashtag. It was like pencils down. Like literally just stop. 
you know, that's we don't crazy. Like, you know, what, what's, I hadn't heard that. The last thing I had seen, and maybe it was from DC that they're like, keep going, yeah. keep producing. Yeah. I think DC has DC still said had... to keep going, but uh, I know Marvel said about a third of their stuff, like just stop. Um, I yep. know IDW and Image have both told their people to just stop. I mean, now don't get like a great of their, Was it a third like a of Marvel that stopped? Or... Oop, hold yeah, on. Yeah, so what, was ahead. it a third of Marvel's that stopped? I thought it was a third that was keeping going and two thirds of it was stopping. Uh, it could be the other way. You could be right. Um, and I'm sorry, Aaron. I was just saying, it seems like a great opportunity to get caught up. I mean, and I think that's what it is. Side, and I think know? that's what's going to happen is you're going to see these these pub, these guys get caught up rather than stop. However, it's not going to get published any faster, right? And I think that's the thing. You know, they'll they'll, well, they'll certainly help get caught up, so they won't there won't be late books when this comes out. But they're not getting paid on you know they're not getting paid in this time period. Sure, but you know, also think think about just like films. Um, comic books are a luxury expense, you know, in reality, it's yeah. not something you have to have. Um, so with so many people being unemployed, so many people being furloughed, um, you know, this isn't going to be a high priority purchase item. And so I'm sure the comic companies are looking at, okay, when do we push these books back? You know, with these big events that we've got planned, cause you know, summertime is when they sell a lot of these books. Yeah. Uh, when do they push them to? When when will the market be ready to absorb this content? Think about all the fucking books Marvel produces. You know, uh, DC in, in comparison has a much more streamlined uh, uh, public uh, publications list, but Marvel produces a fuck ton, which may be the reason why they're saying, "Okay, guys, put your pencils down." You know, there may yeah. be some series that never finish. I think my favorite story out of all of this was the uh, Savage Dragon one, where he came out and said, you know, I will not release my book digitally until it can be released physically. When his book was already three months late, he can't get his book out on time anyway. His book was more yeah. than three months late. His book was probably, there. it was three issues behind, and the most recent issue was already like six months behind. So his book is like almost a year overdue at this point. Yeah, this had nothing most, to do with most, you making a stand. This had everything to do with you not being able to put out a book. Yeah. And most of us were like, you're still making that book anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> there's, know, there's, a lot, there's a lot to react to. Um, I, I'll just say this. Um, you're right that local businesses aren't, aren't welfare. I, and I get that. But to have that experience that you're talking about, to go to those places and have that camaraderie, that's why you pay the premium. That's why you don't buy stuff on Amazon. And like, I never, I don't buy my trades through Amazon. I, I go and I, I get them from the local shop. If I didn't have somebody that I was loyal to, like, like Wayne's situation, it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be least be a decision. It would be something that I, I would weigh, I'd weigh a lot more heavily of. There's not someone that I know that, I like that I buy, I buy these books from, but by the same token, if nobody did that, you wouldn't have that experience and that camaraderie. And so when you say retailers are pissing me off, I think part of it is, is that they're looking at it like, like everybody else. It's like, we might go under and we're going under because we, we you know, we're doing the thing that we love doing. And can we get a little bit of, of, of loyalty from the customers? And most of them are going to get that, but it's probably not going to be enough for them. Yeah. Well, and part of yeah. the problem I have is, like I said, I, sub, I 
like going in comic shops. I like looking around. I think some comic shops are doing wonderful work, and I think some of them do outreach. And I don't want to see comic shops go away. I think they are a great thing. The comic shops that are pissing me off are the ones that actively have been blocking this, especially when this isn't their competition. They don't understand their own market enough to know that Amazon has been killing them. They don't go out and look at those numbers, I guess. They're too afraid of digital doing it when it's already happening to them by Amazon, who happens to own Comixology, which owns the biggest part of the digital market. So really, Amazon is the number one uh, comic book you yeah. know, profiter, retailer. Uh, yeah. retailer out of it. Yeah. You know, you say that you say that it's not going to kill them, but the the reality is is that if you because of what's happening right now, that's such a big paradigm shift. You can't use numbers from 2018 to be like, well, digital is not going to kill you. If we have six months of digital comics and no comic book shops, I bet you that would that would probably much do it, regardless of what yeah. it said. There are a lot of people out there that fall under the camp of they will never buy a digital. And there's reasons for that. Some of those reasons are they don't like not owning something physical. Some of them don't like the experience and won't ever try it. And some of them just, it's a supporting their comic shop and they will never go over. Those people aren't going to come back. They're not going to switch to digital. They're just not going to come back at all. Most comic book retailers are hand to mouth. And I, you know, even if, you know, uh, best case scenario, we're only two or three months in this shelter in place. I really question how many of those guys are able to come back. Um, I, mean, I, I think seeing, that, I think we're going to see a mass shrinkage in uh, in the comic retail market. You know, yeah, and, and these, we're already seeing it. Yeah, I mean, on top of that, you know, you know we're even at, at two to three months. Most places, if we're seeing even big box retailers not able to take the hit of two to three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, a small comic shop that's hand to mouth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be our industry, you know, to... to not to belabor the point, uh, I feel like we're on a conference call that's going over. Um, you know, it, it is it's our 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 industry for the creators, for the um, publishers, for the distributors, for the comic shops, and for the fans is going to look very different um, coming out yeah. of this, regardless of the length of time, regardless of the distribution method that's figured out. If anything's figured out, we may be about you know th there will there thankfully there are already things that were planned to be digital first we're going to talk about one of those here um but honestly the content digital first content is not going to move the needle and um you know it's not going to and because it's generally things that are reserved that aren't great other than injustice there's very little you know digital first content that really ends up being memorable um but maybe we will see some of that stuff thrive um, now because what these creators can do, okay, J you know, James Tinian the fourth and Jorge Jimenez can't work on Batman because Batman, you know, retailers are going to throw a fucking fit if you publish Batman first digitally, but maybe they can do some type of a Batman spinoff out of continuity, you know, that, that was never solicited as a, as a, you know, a, a print edition. And I think maybe, Depending on where this goes, we'll see some of that. Um, you know, but I think it's. I think right now, everyone's trying to say to figure out how is this going to look. And I think what we're seeing right now is we're seeing pencils down. We're seeing, um, you know, a lot of, you know, reactionary things to say like we can't afford to pay you right now. We we can't afford to keep going. Um, and you know maybe 
depending on how long this goes, we'll see some ingenuity and we'll see some new original um, out of continuity content. Because I think that's the only thing that we're going to be able to get um, that's going to be a win for forever. That's going to be able to go out there right now. Yeah. You know, I come back from this. We're not going to have the same number of companies publishing. But I do think that there is a big opportunity here with somebody who's got some capital uh, to create a national comic book retail chain. I think that's the big opportunity here. You mean like uh, what was that comic shop in uh, the eighties that uh, or the nineties? The one that um, it was also a publisher that uh, Leonard Nimoy worked for and Harlan Ellison. <laughs> they yeah. had their national comic shops in the malls. Yeah, just yeah. like that. I, I, I think it's an opportunity for comics to sell through big box retailers. But I think again, um, what the comic industry will only survive on the backs of comic shops. Um, because of that loyalty um now if that loyalty it, it does come out of this broken in the end i think it becomes better for fans but worse for comic shops uh, because i think if if basically comic shops shutter as a result of this and comic industries decide to just sell their comics digitally or through bi- some type of big box chain store um like walmart like if i could get my comics at wall you know I, I, admittedly if they ever shut down digital and go to print only, I'm I'm off of this podcast because I I'm I'm not going back. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, no. Same but, here. but I I do think for for those who do read print, this is the opportunity. Uh, you know, it, it depends on what comes out of this. If comic retailers can hold on through this time period, or if something can be figured out to to hold on to as many as possible, then we'll come out of this okay. Comic shops will get their comics. Comic fans will return. Blah 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 blah. If comic, well, if this breaks that loyalty between fa- between retailers and um, comic publishers, then I do think we look at distribution through big box chain stores. Honestly, I don't see the point in doing through big box chain stores because it's the worst of the physical comic experience without any of the positives. You don't get the camaraderie or the conversation that come from a comic book store. You don't feel like you're part of a community. Your physical books, you can't get a pull list at a Walmart, so you're not going to have books waiting for you and reserved. Uh, they don't. They never did put them out on a reliable schedule when they came. Yeah, it was I mean, when the I, boxes came out. You're not going to find the books that you're waiting for. That's the old way, though, right? That's the old way. The old way is that. The old way is, you know, three weeks after it's out in your comic store, you're getting last week's, last month's issue, you know, thrown in the back of you know the skin the skin magazines at your Barnes and Noble right like or it's torn to shit or it's you know beat up you know it's with the crossword puzzles whatever that's the old way what we're seeing now with a lot of these box I mean think about Target think about um, you know the the Target mentality that Target has these little pop ups they've got their mm-hmm. like um, home and hearth pop up the 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 Joanna Gaines pop up they've got their you know some targets literally have a disney store build inside of them now i think that's more what i'm referring to is literally well, and, a pop up comic shop in your large retailers and think about at walmart you know they've got the little nail salon in there and they've got the little tax guy in there and they they've got these little shops within their overall store you could have and i'm not advocating this because i hate Walmart, but you could, I think you could have a very successful comic shop within a Walmart because the Walmart's going to be able to get you your product. They're going to be able to get you a good price. Uh, they have space. Uh, 
you know, reliable uh, uh, lines of distribution, I think that could be very successful. Now, you know, to your point, Wayne, I, the community would not be the same as it would be in your regular comic shop. But I also think that that there is an opportunity for uh, comic shops to open up as more of a comic book lounge so that you, you know, you are you're buying your books, you're getting a cup of coffee, you're hanging out with your friends. You know, we've got the game rooms and, and a lot of those kind of places. I think that comic shops have got to move you know if you're going to be an independent retailer you've got got to figure out a way to base your business not solely on the wednesday new comic book day but as a value-added benefit yeah they have to show what they bring to the table besides just the product and the product they're bringing to the table they get such low margins on exactly not a good thing to base the business around anyway you've got to do value add and there are some shops out there that are very good at sure. showing what that value I, add is. I completely agree. Zeus Comics in Dallas does a marvelous job of that. Austin Books down in Austin does a marvelous job of that. And their success is material. I mean, you can see the success in both of those shops. I think gone is the day that you can say, you know, I've got this great big comic book collection here. I bet I could open up a shop and be that guy who doesn't really understand retail. Right. You know, who lives hand to mouth and, you know, uh, just doesn't really provide that service. This is a boiling moment for the retail market. Those guys who understand their business, those guys who uh, are smart about it and and can provide that value added benefit uh, are going to survive this or are more likely to survive this because, you know, God knows how long the Rona is going to last. But you know, it, those guys are going to be the guys to watch because there will be a fuck ton of opportunity on the other side of this. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and this is the last thing I'll say. Um, you know, <laughs> if for for anyone has if for anyone who's seen the movie The World's End, um, you know, with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, you know, it's about a, a bunch of guys who you know in their teens they they did a pub crawl, right? And each pub was distinct and had its own personality they were all shithole dive bars and then they return as adults to do the pub crawl again together and they've all basically they all look the exact same right they all look like starbucks they've all done the starbucks i think they even call it like the starbucksing of our pubs you know they make fun of it but you know there there's a rationale behind it um you know, I, I hate, you know, I, I, there's nothing I love more than a bar with a personality or a comic shop mm-hmm. with a personality. But the comic shops that look like your basement where the dude's literally eating hot dogs out of the packet at the counter. Um, <laughs> you know, I think those days should maybe be numbered. And I think we should look at, an, at this as an opportunity to say, how can comic shops survive this? Is it as pop-up stores? Is it as, like Aaron said, you know, connected to Targets, connected to Walmarts? Um, is it the Starbucksing? of the comic shop and making and making it a national chain you know it sucks to think that you know zeus comics austin comics local heroes whatever your local comic shop name and would, would go away in favor of a franchise um you know where, where each maybe uh you know where, where they're all you know held to a certain um you know name and and uh you know decorating style but at the same time, holding comic shops to a standard of cleanliness and <laughs> and customer service, maybe that's not so bad, right? Merchandising, um, merchandising, <laughs> you know, yeah. may, uh, you know, price fixing, you know, maybe that's not so bad. 
Uh, so just you know, it, 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 I do. It's just going to be very different coming out of this. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I for for a show where we literally had one digital comic come out this week that we're going to talk about here in a second, um, we sure found a way to uh, to have a, a a nice lengthy conversation. <laughs> yeah, it helps and, when we're all uh, rather animated about this. Yeah. Yes, and it has been setting me off all week. I, I just. I don't know why it bothers me as much as it does. Maybe it's because it's a lot easier to rail against this than rail against everything else that's going on in the world right now. You know, it is easier to focus on something that, you know, to be honest, doesn't matter as much. It's just important to us. I uh, I want it noted, Aaron. That I'm put I'm putting I'm putting my gun down on this one right now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surrendering. Okay, but I'm stop. Okay. So, Paul. Yes, sir. You know, we did get a new issue of Batman this week that we, came out as a digital first. It would it was already planned to be a digital first, so this didn't wasn't set to piss off anybody. Yeah. So this, uh, you know, this was it's still gonna it's still supposedly coming out in print, depending. Um, but you know, it was always intended to be a digital first. Batman: The Adventures Continue. Um, now it is by the creative team who did, I believe, the Batman Adventures. Um, no, I think the Batman Adventures was, was written by Dan Slott. Um, but they've done a number of animated Batman comics before. Um, and that's Alan Burnett with Paul Dini uh, doing writing. Ty Templeton on art. Ty Templeton has definitely been a mainstay in the Batman Justice League animated Bruce Timm designed universe. And they've, they've kind of done this Batman The Adventures Continue story, which is supposed to... We don't know exactly when it takes place. Um, it's certainly before Batman uh, Beyond Return of the Joker. Um, it's after the events of the new Batman Adventures. Maybe before Justice League. Maybe concurrent. I, with, actually, I think it's concurrent with Justice League. Um, but this this new comic, digital first, it was a dollar. Um, you know, for for this first well, issue for eighty four cents. Eighty four cents if you do the DC Unlimited on uh, Comics All. Or that. Just saying. Um, <laughs> And so this story uh, was announced to be kind of a direct sequel to the Batman Superman movie. Um, for anyone who, who remembers that, that was the, the Bruce Timm, Paul Dini. Um, that was the launch of Superman the Animated Series. They started it with a Batman Superman crossover movie um, that featured uh, Lois Lane dating Bruce Wayne, Lex Luthor teaming up with the Joker. And so this first story arc is supposed to kind of be a direct sequel to that. Um, while also introducing characters that may that never popped up in the animated series, characters like Jason Todd, who we see pop up in this issue, um, Azrael, the Court of Owls, they're going to start introducing them into the animated series um, continuity. And so, Hardware Part One came out this week, and because you know we our our, our wallets were desperate to spend uh, some money on comics. Um, you know, we, we spent our hard earned 99 cents, me, 84, 84, 84 cents, cents. <laughs> uh, me, Aaron and Wayne. Um, so, you know, Aaron, since you started us off on the last, on the Wonder Woman, I'm actually going to go ahead and let Wayne kick this one off. All right. Uh, first thing, this felt short. Like, it it's is. 22 so to be fair, it's 22 pages, but when you look at the art style on the pages, they're not like 22 full pages. Right. They're 22 half pages. Correct. Correct. It's supposed to be three of these is equal to one full print comic. Right. And that's kind of what we've seen before with most of the digital first. The, mm. you know, the Injustice. I'm trying to think of the other series because there was a, a couple other series yeah, like that where they combined them. 
Mm-hmm. They're cheaper, but they're also shorter and smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the story quite a bit. Uh, there were some weird things to me. It's like a big giant robot rampaging through Gotham doesn't really strike me as it strikes me as more Justice League than it does Batman. But I and I loved the conversations between, you know, Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor. I enjoyed seeing Alfred, this version of Alfred again. Uh, it hit a lot of nostalgia for me. I don't know if I would regularly be buying this book if it wasn't the only new digital DC book coming out, though. I would you know, just because I, I love this continuity. I, I really would probably am- wait until it was collected. I really enjoyed the artwork in the book, and I enjoyed the characterization in the book. Uh, Wayne, you said you enjoyed the story, and I can't say that I did, and only because it it was such a brief glimpse. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of story here, and that's because of the serialized nature. And that's the thing that I kind of pegged on in this story is that it did not seem that it was written particularly effectively for something so serialized. You know, that you're getting – a half to a third uh, of of a given comic book, it felt very incomplete. Whereas, you know, when you read a serialized comic strip, you know, they are really designed for that serialization, and this felt less so. In yeah, fact, and some of the dialogue felt like they were really trying to cram a whole lot of dialogue in. I agree. To yeah. make it to make it yeah. worthwhile. That's exactly why if this wasn't the only book coming out, I wouldn't be buying it like this. I would wait until it was collected into something bigger because it just felt too short. It was like, here is a little appetizer when I wanted a sandwich. But I did really enjoy the art and I really enjoyed like Lex and Bruce talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, That conversation was great. There was a lot to like here. I'm going to like it a whole lot more when I've got more book to it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the return to this universe. I enjoyed, um, you know, I, I've seen, we've seen that Batman. We've seen, you know, um, some, you know, that, that Batman pop up. Uh, but I love the, I love Lex. You know, when, when, I, when you read a book like this, especially with the designs, you hear those voices and you hear that Clancy Brown, Kevin Conroy yeah. banter um, between Bruce Wayne and Lex. And I just, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I did, I do think the format doesn't, help when some of the pages are as wordy as they are because it's literally just like a shit ton of word balloons on a page um on a digital page um but that being said uh i did enjoy it i was gonna pick it up regardless to wayne's point would i have picked it up digitally weekly by week by week otherwise no i probably would have waited till it was collected um but i i am enjoying the return to this universe uh you know, maybe if this does well, then we'll turn to the, you know, we'll see some some other books. Maybe we'll see the return of Superman Beyond because I really love is that it weekly series. I believe this is weekly. Yeah. OK, so, uh, you know, we'll be able to talk about issue two next week um, and nothing else except the Batman versus <laughs> Dracula. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I will read that. I will continue buying this weekly because it's the only thing coming out. But yeah, I would have much rather preferred reading more story in one chunk. Well, I did pick up another new uh, comic available digitally this week. It was a book called Brawler, uh, the fabulous first issue of Brawler. And it's an anthology book. You know, it's uh, uh, 54 pages. I think the the cover price was five bucks. Uh, The artwork in it on some of these stories is just fantastic. 
but I found it super annoying uh, that the some of these were not full on stories, right? You know, it wasn't a, a a story with a beginning, middle, and an end. It was it was like a snippet of another book. It was almost like preview pages. And that's what I found really frustrating. There, there is this one uh, story, and it's it's a a new take on the gods of Asgard, and you know the, this is a book that's taking place during Ragnarok, and it has the gods, you know, working as sort of a super spy organization, uh, and it, it it was fantastic. The pages were great. It was not a complete story. You know, all these storm giants show up and then that's it, you know, and it says to be continued. So I guess it's going to be serialized, but it was super frustrating to just get a small snippet of that story. Uh, it was just a lead up to a conflict and then it jumps. And, you know, I'm certainly not going to pick up uh, issue two, given the fact that I found this book to be so uneven. Um so a, a gorgeous cover, and there is some beautiful artwork in this book, uh, but it's certainly not anything that I'm going to follow. And I hope that they they do this, uh, you know, Norse gods thing in a collected edition at some point because I'd love to read the rest of that story. Yeah. Well. So, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? We don't know, um, but you know, definitely, you know, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We will be back next week. We'll talk about the Batman versus Dracula. Yeah. We'll talk about, you know, what other, um, you know, we'll we'll talk throughout the week and figure out, uh, you know, some some additional stuff to chat about with you guys. Uh, we obviously, we'll talk about Batman: The Adventures Continue, issue two, and who knows, um, you know, the, distribu- the distribution of Marvel and DC books is still up in the air. So. You never know. Things may, you know, there may be stuff happening during the week uh, that we can talk about next week. So uh, make sure to follow us on our social media channels, IOM Geek on Instagram, Facebook, and um, whatever the other one is, Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you can also leave us a voicemail on the IOM Geek hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.